Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the You're going to get a lot of fan mail. Am I, Jimmy? <laughs> am I going to get... Am I going to get a boost in the numbers that this you is, promised me for this podcast? This is going to be the one. To this kinda, is going to be the one. This is your, like, uh, you know, your, your Barack Obama WTF. <laughs> yeah, because you came to the door... In a limousine yes. with Secret Service to do this <laughs> they podcast. They checked out the house. <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy Merritt. Hello. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. A funny comedian from Washington, D.C. Yep. Born and raised? Uh, born in Maryland. So, we'll, we just say D.C. because they're all oh, okay. close to each other. Well... <laughs> So you've decided to uh, come on the show dressed up in your best Spider-Man t-shirt and Chevrolet pajama bottoms. Yep, living it up. Which I appreciate. I've barely moved today. But, I mean, that's the whole thing, because uh, I was interested in interviewing you on the podcast, because we lead kind of the same lives, you know? Married, we both yep. have daughters. Uh, yours is a bit younger than mine, but kind of on the same path, and uh, this is what... This is what married men with children do on the road. <laughs> nothing. Yep, That's literally what we nothing. Do. We do nothing. And my my wife's friends and like her family and stuff, like when I get home, I'm just like a Tasmanian devil, like cleaning and doing the laundry and like taking care of as much shit that I can because I know like in four days I'm going to be gone again mm-hmm. and she's going to be home with everything. And they're always like, Oh my God! I wish I had like that kind of a <laughs> husband or whatever. And she's like, "You don't see the other part, right? Where he's gone, like just hanging out in a room by himself, you know, like free coffee and <laughs> pay-per-view movies and room service, and just by myself. Is that the life that you lead, Jimmy? Yep, a lot of video games, a lot of just <laughs> staring aimlessly into space. <laughs> that is a fun part of this. Is yes. just the the literal doing nothing yes like you don't have a a time to get up you don't have a time to go to bed we have one job we We have to be at a club one appointment (laughs) we need to be at the comedy club 20 30 minutes before showtime yes that's our only thing so you know when i was like uh younger i'd be like oh let's go explore the town i'm just gonna walk all day (laughs) (laughs) I hate those comics. Come on. And then now I'm just like, uh, let's let's pick a game. Let's pick a video game and just really work on it. Let's just really get at it. Should I write jokes? No thanks. I'm gonna Now in my younger years, I was a I was a huge gamer. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I got Zelda sixty four 
and I played it straight for like five months trying to get every little piece of whatever in the game Mm -hmm. and beat it and it was like the funnest time of my life <laughs> i mean until now obviously right. with kids and until, until oh i thought you meant just was, until this week in the house yes. with me this one and then it. it peaked right now <laughs> this is it no but uh i tried to stick with it like i got uh i got the wii mm-hmm. you know when i started playing that stuff and then when me and my brother figured out that you could download the old yes. games that blew our minds like Mm -hmm. we were obsessed and all in with that shit for like two years just downloading castlevania Mm -hmm. i literally downloaded zelda 64 and did it again like (laughs) five years later um and uh but i i don't know i just i never got into the the first person shooter games or any of that stuff i'm i do more retro gaming i do a little bit of first person shooters but within the last couple years i'm mostly doing like computer games from the late 90s let me ask you this as a video game connoisseur i was on a podcast a couple weeks ago called Mm -hmm. comedy supernova and they were talking about first-person shooter games, and I I really haven't gone on Google to figure it out. I just it came back into my brain at this point. There was a first-person shooter game that I feel like was considered the first uh, game like that mm-hmm. before Doom. I would say uh, probably Wolfenstein. There it is. Like, that would have been like the wolfenstein and i'm sure like somebody nerdier than me well actually before that but like wolfenstein i feel like was the first you know like super popular so was wolfenstein or was it was there one between wolfenstein and doom i feel like wolfenstein and doom were like the two like kind of early big ones now was doom the one where you would you would shoot people and stuff, and it would have the lines from Army of Darkness. No, that was uh, Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. Yep, Duke Nukem. That was the other. That was the one I was really trying to remember. Yep. That's gotta hurt. Yep. Look at my boomstick. Like it was just everything from Army yeah. of Darkness. Do you see that 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 they're doing that show? I can't wait on Halloween. IFC or yep, whatever. It I is? cannot wait. Ash. Oh my God. Ash versus the Evil Dead. And the the first episode is actually directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, you've got to be So I'm just like, me. even if the show sucks, the, the rest pilot, of it, the, the pilot will just be like, you know, just a short film that we can enjoy. As Dude, like even the, like the teaser trailer for <laughs> so it, I was gory. like, oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to make Halloween this year. Yeah. Army of Darkness. I was obsessed with that mm-hmm. film for a long time. God, just all the, f- it just reminded me. It, it it reminds me of like an Anchorman, yeah, or or you know one of the, some of these films like Nacho Libre or Napoleon Dynamite, where it's just like these lines where you can just take them for yeah. everything. You know, well, the thing with Sam Raimi is I think he's like one of the great entertainers of the time. Yeah, because when you sit down for a Sam Raimi movie, like he only wants you to have fun, so he'll just <laughs> yeah. throw. Like, the dialogue is funny, the visuals are funny, just over-the-top gore, he doesn't care. Yo, she-bitch, let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you see uh, Drag Me to Hell? No, I didn't. It's so good, dude. It's, is it? Is it's it like, like that? It's up there with Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. Oh, my like, God. Like, it's that same style. I gotta check but that out. But because the, the lead is a little more naive, she's not like an Ash figure, so it's yeah. kind of fun watching her have to go through similar... <laughs> 
there's this fight she has with a gypsy in an underground parking garage <laughs> where I was just laughing. Like, you're laughing and you're scared at the same time, yeah. which no one else really does, <laughs> yeah, you know? Except for Sam. Right. Like, most horror comedy, you're laughing and then you're scared later. But yeah. this, like... <laughs> There's one bit where she's in a room and we know the monster's coming and it's scary because we hear the monster getting closer but on the door the monster's coming to there's this kitten poster that's <laughs> hanging there. <laughs> so your brain is like, am I laughing at the kitten poster or am I scared because the monster's coming and just that Raimi can get you to do both at once is just God, man. so just good. So many, so many great lines. I was just thinking about that. Huh? What was that? <laughs> yeah, when he's coughing out the code word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, you know, it reminded me of, like, The Princess Bride, yeah. too. Like, that movie is so fucking funny. Like, do you have the gate key? I have no gate key. Tara's arms off. This gate key? It's just, like, <laughs> such quick back and yeah. forth banter or whatever. Um so then that joke that you do about playing Call of Duty is a lie then. Is no, I do. what you're trying well, to say on here? You're a liar <laughs> on stage. I have played Call of Duty, but I actually stopped playing for the reasons discussed on stage. Because yeah, it's just like... Because the joke uh, on stage, the joke is just about how bad I am at it. And I'm just... Well, yeah, it's just like... Because all of these games now, um, I, you know we grew up in a time where it was Super Mario Brothers mm -hmm. and Zelda and and Final Fantasy and all this shit where like you would just start the game and you would just play it yep. until you were done. And now it's like this thing where it's like it, it it goes on and lives forever yeah. because you're putting together these these platoons and you're all on headsets and you're like getting points, you're getting more armor and more guns and more uh style points and whatever and you can literally be like the best like the god of this game right like it seems like last starfighter is gonna happen and <laughs> <Yeah>. eventually <laughs> dude i did a podcast on that movie, I yeah. love that movie. that's the great that's the fantasy i think we oh. all hold in our hearts <laughs> like starfighter <laughs> if i'm good enough at this game someone's gonna come get me yeah probably the army yep because that's what you're training for <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if that was like the whole thing like there was this big like illuminati conspiracy that like right. call of duty was just training all of these kids to be like their personal soldiers or something i shit. wouldn't be surprised at well, all with it being uh 9-11 yeah uh, this podcast will probably come out next wednesday um conspiracy theories on 911 are you are you a truther i'm not a truther no you believe that it all happened i think it all ha i think it all happened as we think it did but i i do think the government kind of took advantage of events after the fact like yeah. i definitely believe that part of it i uh i for a long time i went down the spiral Oh yeah. That. Not like in my heart like mm -hmm. believing it, but just like I don't know why, but I have this like innate curiosity to learn everything about everything. It is fun to read about conspiracy theories. Yeah. But then when I like um I was reading about the ones where people think like all of the shootings are staged and there's like crisis actors. You hear about yes. those? Yes. And that's like, you read, it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then the second you start to believe, you go, okay, I got to go outside. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's crazy because, you know, some of it, it's like, yes, there are actors mm -hmm. that 
are in these crises, but is it that they were hired or right. that, that that's just their job? Yeah. Like, can you imagine if, like, we were in a, a legitimate crisis? Right. And then people would say, oh, people that guy's like, a... He's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah but I, I'm a human... That's why the, the family. The new one's throwing me off because it's all these families, members of the newscaster. Like, oh, he's an actor. She's an actor. I'm like, well, yeah, the daughter's a newscaster. It's <laughs> yeah. like a attractive family that likes being on TV. You know, but some of it, it's just crazy. But you know, uh, you can twist anything. Yeah, you can edit anything. I think the craziest uh, theory I ever watched, and I'm watching it, and I'm going this is ridiculous there is a there's there's people that that are called truthers who Mm -hmm. believe that the government was involved Yeah, like we blew up the tower ourselves yeah Yeah. then there are people that go even further than that who who believe that the planes didn't even exist on 9-11 wow that they show this footage where they're supposedly showing the mask the masks mm-hmm. on the tv like chirons mm-hmm. of the planes like uh you don't see the plane and then it kind of comes through the mask mm. on, and then it's fake and then there's a bomb in the building that explodes and i'm just like son of a bitch <laughs> these people have gone really what's off so the funny about rails, these conspiracy man. theories is a lot of it would just it's way less likely because, you yeah. know, like it's so much harder. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. is a huge truther. Oh, yeah. He believes that the whole thing, like... Like the buildings were empty. And <laughs> well, no, no. There never were Twin Towers. That's a conspiracy. Well, there's too. another theory, too, that um, that the in, in between the truthers and the, the people that don't believe that there's planes, there's another theory where... Um, the three planes that were involved that day flew to like some place and all 200 of the passengers were like carted into a, 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 a hangar. And then like military pilots like took back off with the planes with nobody in them to, uh, you know, at that point, like task. if it was a conspiracy, you'd think someone in charge would say, wouldn't it just be easier to just crash the plane into the building? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It and seems like way less work. And, and apparently those 200 people have now been uh, Manchurian candidate brainwashed <laughs> and reinserted back into their wow. lives with no memory of what happened, you know, because, but that's a, like I did a podcast a while back about uh, 10 conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. Mm. Like it's, it was all over Facebook and, and it's like shit does happen like that right not like that (laughs) yeah there's one out now that says that uh that osama bin laden is still alive Mm. that he's living on some like desolate island out in the taiwanese area or whatever and they're like yeah you shave his beard you know you cut his hair you you put a suit on him you know what nobody's gonna notice you know what i did wonder about is if you know Bin Laden had been dead for years, and then once we find out he's dead, we build this narrative. Like I could see that. Oh yeah, I almost think like that would be like a like, more likely. Yeah, like he was in a cryo fridge. I mean, <laughs> right. I feel like it was so weird that we didn't get like one picture, right, of the dead body. And I, and you know, they explained it to him, like we don't need to see that. We're mm-hmm. not going to show that. 
They played that videotape of the two newscasters getting killed yeah. like a million times. Mm -hmm. And we can't get one picture of a dead Obama, uh, Osama. Oh, you're true. You're true. <laughs> one dead now Osama. I know. Oh, my now God. Now we're getting to the bottom of this I conspiracy might have to delete talk. this episode. They're going to come to my house. That's why the Secret but Service yeah. came in before. And, and they, they dumped his body in the ocean. It's like, it's that type of shit that makes people go, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I mean. I but there is a video of the Sandy Hook shooting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's doctored or where right. it's from. But there's a video where it's showing this uh, crisis center where mm -hmm. they're handling the victims and the families of the victims. And they're showing people just milling about like walking or showing a lot of people mm -hmm. but there's no like clear destination they just keep walking in a circle like they go into the building and they go out the front mm -hmm. door and then they go around and they go in the back and they come out the front door like they're just showing movement well, I, think, I think a lot of that conspiracy theory stuff comes from like if you watch a video of kind of a crazy situation yeah like in our minds we want it to look like a movie where there's kind of a structure to the chaos that's happening yeah but in real life it's just it's just crazy looking like it's <laughs> yeah. just crazy no one knows what to do for sure you know it's the there's all this stress it's the craziest day of their lives so like yeah. people are gonna act weird yeah. and you know if, if you watch yeah, it expecting it to look like a yeah. movie it's gonna look crazy but they also said on that video that uh that the school had state-of-the-art uh, video surveillance mm. put in there, and like none of those tapes have been seen. Well, though I can understand those tapes not well, getting yeah, out, though. But, but the fact that they don't exist at all—it's like right. certain stuff like that, you know, where like the plane going into the Pentagon, mm -hmm. there was like forty-seven cameras that caught it on tape, and the FBI went around and confiscated all mm. of them. <clears throat> and it's like we see the planes going in the buildings over and over again and we don't have one video of that you know right it's just that type of stuff that mm -hmm. makes me go what the fuck is going on here yeah but i just always lean towards like, just you know in a crazy situation yeah. some crazy things are going to happen but i think it's just people trying to like you said like get control of the case right they want some kind of order like you know it's it's easier to swallow mm -hmm. that it was orchestrated by our government to get us into a war that we weren't supposed to be in mm -hmm. than just that 12 idiots from the Mideast right. were able to kill 3,000 of us that easily, you know. But it was weird because right about that time, um, I don't know why, but I was just like, don't even know what context it was in, but I was just like, man, uh, like I went to the airport and it was just so lackadaisical, mm. you know, and I walked in and whatever, and, and I was just, ha I think I was in Florida doing a gig or something, and I was just like, in my head, I was like, man, you know, things are just real comfortable right now. Mm. Like, something crazy might happen. Like, right. that just fleeting moment, like, came through my head, and I just let it go, and then it was like, you know, six months later, the shit went down, mm. and I was just like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking got us. They did it. Yeah, but like my favorite uh, conspiracy theory. Have you heard the stuff about how uh, Kubrick directed the moon landing? Kubert, uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick, and they oh, say I thought you said Kubert, <laughs> yeah, Kubert, <laughs> Kubert did it. I was like, that is the craziest <laughs> conspiracy theory. That one, I'm on board. <laughs> but they say uh, if you watch The Shining, there's all these clues in The Shining 
that he had really? directed the moon landing. Yeah, there's all these like visual metaphors and stuff. Really? It's uh Wow. And if you read it around three AM, it's real convincing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the sweet oh, spot. Yeah. There's uh there's a channel on YouTube that I watch all the time. It's called uh Top Five Shocking or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's all these different genres like the most shocking uh evidence of aliens and mm. five most shocking evidence of ghosts and and mysterious disappearances mm-hmm. and murder that stuff that i'm more into looking at like the aliens and yeah. the ghosts dude there's one video that is insane it's uh, uh i cannot remember the lady's name at this point but there was video of this asian lady that was mm-hmm. in like an, a, a hotel somewhere in california i believe or new york and the video is of her getting in and out of the elevator. Oh, like I she, heard about this. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. And then they found her in some vat. She, they found her in the water tank on the roof, naked. And there was no possible way. Like, it was a sealed water tank. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, she was naked. Her clothes were floating in the water next to her. And no signs of struggle, no no evidence of how she died or whatever. And I mean, from the elevator footage, you know, she's clearly on drugs or something. Is yeah, going she on. just well, she keeps pushing the buttons. Yeah, she keeps like waving her hands in the door, and the elevator isn't doing anything. And then it looks like she's outside the elevator, like talking to somebody. Yeah, but there's nobody on the tape. And then when she takes off the one way, then the door finally closes on the elevator, which is like. She was in there for a long damn time. Yeah. And the door didn't do anything. And the minute she leaves, then it closes. Yeah, know? it's weird. That stuff is creepy, man. That was my, my biggest fear as a child was an alien abduction. That was like the top of my... Really? Because I saw... You ever, you ever see that movie Fire in the Sky? Yes. I saw that way too young. I bet. <laughs> Did you ever see the other one? No, I think uh, after Mila Mila Jolovich. No, I want I wanted to, but Alaskan that fear one. is still in the back of my head. Do not watch that one <laughs> if you still have that fear, because uh, that one they they totally got me. Mm. It was one of these Blair Witch Project right. type of shit. Yep. I'm pretty like, susceptible to those too. They were like, "This is the actual footage mm-hmm. from." Uh, so the way they did it was they said that they had the actual footage from her, this psychiatrist interviews with the abductees. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to recreate the footage mm-hmm. with actors for the purpose of the storyline in the movie. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching the movie and she's having these like uh, really specific interview points with these people, they're doing it split screen. Mm-hmm. So on the right, they say the real footage. The left, they say, you know, actor portrayal. So on the right, like, you're actually watching what looks like an actual real person, like, telling their stories. And, like, at some point, like, one of them, that she's, like, repressed memories back and back and back. And then the person just starts to, like, the tape starts to get fuzzy. And they Mm. just start to, like, rise off the the couch. And, like, their eyes go, (laughs) and I'm just like, son of a bitch. (laughs) 
That's and then, of, of course, those... I went online afterwards, yeah. and it's like, it's all bullshit. They're both actors. Aliens is like, one of those <sighs> things where, like, walking around in my day-to-day life, I don't believe in aliens. But if I watched that movie, like, and yet again, I you... believe in aliens during that running so this, time. So this makes a lot more sense why you named your daughter Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Because you want her to grow up to be the alien killer. Yep, she can protect me, just in case <laughs> I'm wrong. Ripley! Ripley, help me, Ripley! They mostly come out at night, mostly. <laughs> oh, God. Aliens, one of the best but Yeah, movies. between Fire in the Sky and, like, X-Files being in yeah. its prime when I was a kid, Alien Abduction. That's blasphemous to say, but I actually enjoyed Aliens a little bit more than Alien. I'm with you, yeah. so we're, we'll go down on the ship together. But I think that's just our culture. Yeah. Because it was more of like an 80s movie, mm-hmm. and Alien was kind of that, uh, you know, Stanley Kubrick like yeah. thing. It was more action in the second one. And it's just a perfect movie. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, so tomorrow you have big plans. That's right. I was invited by audience members on Wednesday to play some uh, some Dungeons and Dragons. Now, someone who is not an aficionado of Dungeons and Dragons like myself, this is it still a card game? It was never it... a card game. Oh, okay. So we, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Let's get into this. We got a we lot of work to do. <laughs> so it's essentially the way I often describe it to people uh, with an acting background is it's basically an improv game with dice, Okay, is one way to put it. But essentially, there's one guy who's a dungeon master. Um, I don't want to brag, but this when I'm at home... sounds Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. No ladies. Imagine Fifty Shades of Grey, but no sex ever happens. <laughs> okay. But other than that... So they're, they're kind of the, uh, the commissioner. Yep, kind of the storyteller. Like, they okay. set up... The dungeon master sets up the scenario, controls the monsters... Plays out Do you other bring your own dice, need. or is there community dice? Um, you want to bring your own dice because you you form a, a kinship with your dice. You All want right. them to roll well. So okay, I have my <laughs> d twenty with me that I'll be bringing tomorrow. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, you get a good crazy. dice if it rolls well for you. You name it. You know it's got good luck. All so right, I got big purple is going to be coming with me tomorrow. Big purple, big purple. Do you dress in costume? No, but. That's uh, that's deeper in the forest. There's something called LARP, LARPing, which is live, live action role, role playing. Games. And those those are the guys in the woods with the uh, the foam weapons, which I respect. So are they playing the same game yet live with fake weapons? Yeah, or that's a whole some, uh, different thing. It's it's from the same from the same seed. It sprung okay. same genre. Yeah, but with Dungeons and Dragons, you're only sitting around a table and yeah. you're. The dungeon master is setting a scenario, and then the players, you'll have your own character, and you'll just kind of describe what he's doing, and any time there's any kind of contested action, it so comes down to the dice. <clears throat> there's no uh, standard list of characters. When no, you'll make, your own, you'll make your so own character. So you're like, I'm an elf right. from the forest that mm-hmm. shoots a bow, and, and I can... Like, is there a limit to how many powers that you can have? Yeah, so basically you'll have a, a stat sheet, and there's all these rules for what makes the characters, but they break a character down into attributes. So it'll be like uh, the one that's strength, which is how strong you are, dexterity, which is, you know, your agility, your constitution, your wisdom, intelligence, charisma. And but then, how, how, would it, how would this ever be... A game, because every person is going to be like, he's the smartest, strongest, fastest well, person ever. In the old school D&D, you would roll 
some dice to determine what the stats would be. Now it's mostly a point system. Okay. But essentially, on average, there'll be like two things your character's really good at, a yeah. few things your character will be average at, and one thing you're bad at, just kind of by how okay. the scores, scores will work out. So like if I wanted to play a barbarian... I would have high scores in strength and constitution, but you know my intelligence would kind of suck. Oh, okay. My wisdom would suck. So it's more like common sense. Right. Well, like if you were if you were a wizard, right? Like you'd ha- you'd be intelligent, mm-hmm. dex- but your strength probably right. wouldn't be. There. And that's just part of like the. It's like improv with rules, because basically... Yes, and. Yep, so as an improv guy, if I say I want to be a wizard, I want to do everything, then the book says, well, no, here's the rules, here's what you yeah. can do. And they, they kind of, um, that imposes the structure, just kind of make sure everyone's so, on the same page. During the game, mm-hmm. are people, like, eliminated? Uh, you can die. Okay. Um, I mean, really, uh, you're working I mean, together. What's the, like, after you've got the dice are all mm-hmm. set, everybody's characters are set. Mm-hmm. What is the point of it? Like, are you trying to win? So or are they the just thing, kind of being to be? To here's the thing fun? I love about Dungeons & Dragons and why I think it's the, the best game of all time is everybody's together on the same side. It's not really winning. Um, you're playing just to tell a good story and to have a good time. Because, like, you know, you would think, oh, the Dungeon Master makes the monster, so he wants to kill the players. And then, no, not really, because if he wants to, he just could. So there, there is an evil opposition with every game? Yes. And you're all working together to beat right. this? And really, with the evil opposition, the goal of the Dungeon Master is to make it challenging enough to be fun, but not too challenging that you just get, like, crushed. So, like, an example of a game, you know, you might yeah, find out there's... Let's get an example. So let's say... <laughs> <laughs> I think let's you run, should come with tomorrow. <laughs> let's get you involved. <laughs> let's run through this. Okay. So there's a giant monster spider mm-hmm. headed towards you guys. Go. Okay. So you would get together. You would roll initiative. Okay. So you would roll die to determine who goes first. Right. Um, if you're a fighter, you would say... So, so like, you're the dungeon master in this scenario because you've yeah. said... There's a spider headed towards the town. Deal with it. Yeah. It's not a complex story, but we'll work with you. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, so it's got to be, like, really complex. When like... I'm the dungeon master, I'm, I'm not here to fuck around. I'm <laughs> so, it, so how long, like, is a complex story take to, like... I'm a... We're, the group I'm playing with at home, we're about to wrap up a story that we have been playing for five years. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> So you basically just play until we you're, just play you guys until are like, it feels oh, we, like we gotta go. Or yeah, this is the end of this episode. Yep. Yeah, we'll whatever. play for two or three hours. I'll try to like when I'm dungeon mastering, I'll try to structure it so that there was you know a little bit of dialogue, a little bit of action, a little bit of mystery in each kind of session. How are you not taping these things? <laughs> you should have the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, man. People would listen. It sounds vivid and exciting. Yeah, it is pretty great. It's it's my all time favorite hobby. It's yeah. my all time favorite thing to do. But back to the giant yeah, spider so let's, let's hear this you'd be sitting around the table as the dungeon master you would say this giant spider attacking the town yeah. um so one player we'd all roll to see who goes first if there was a barbarian he might say okay i want to attack the spider he'd go up with the sword he would roll the die if he hit he would roll damage we would do damage to the spider then the wizard might say oh i've got a spell i want to cast i'll shoot fire at the spider he would do that then the thief might say hey the whole town's looking at the spider i want to go rob the bank while no one's paying attention 
And then he'll just go in and try to rob the bank. And then as the dungeon master, you know, okay, this has added some new elements to the story. Yeah. Maybe when he goes in, there's other thieves that had the same idea. What do they do? Do they work together? Do they fight each other? Um, did someone see him? What does he do about that? And you're just, uh, as the dungeon master... You're just looking for opportunities as to like, expand the what's the expand? How can we complicate yeah. this? And then as players, you're thinking, what is a good way on my end to kind of make this interesting for me? What would my character do? That kind of thing. And you know, then after the spider's dead, it comes down to, well, where did the spider come from? Yeah. Uh, is there a wizard doing experiments, growing giant animals? Let's go check that out, you know. Oh, okay. So it never ends. It doesn't have to. I mean, how how are you going to wrap up a five-year story? <laughs> I mean, is there going to be like a the end? There's going to be a the end. This is one that we kind of started with an end goal and took a long route getting there. But oh there's God. other games where it's just like... So is it um, going to be sad when that five-year story wraps it up? It is. going to be. We're definitely going to get a cake involved. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your wife think about your dungeons and she's dragons played playing. with us a few times and does not like it does not care for it <laughs> it uh, sounds like i'm on your wife's team like it just sounds crazy it is crazy but you know what it's like to each their own like yeah. i would tell people because uh i would my biggest hobby was gambling forever mm -hmm. so i would go and i would sit and i would play blackjack for like 10 hours mm. and p i'd tell people that and they'd be like you'd sit there for 10 hours how would you be interested and i'm like well it's interesting to me yeah if that's your hobby yeah, yeah. so i mean i just it, it's interesting to me because i've never heard it before and it mm -hmm. just it sounds silly but it's i mean it know, is silly let's, let's yeah, be clear but you know <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, what the hell is the name of that movie where they do the LARPing? Oh, uh, Role Models. Yeah. Some, yep. I love that movie and that, that whole LARPing thing where mm -hmm. they're fighting in the forest. That looks It looks fun, you yeah. know? But uh, this whole sitting around a table and throwing dice stuff, <laughs> it's got to go, my man. No, now, it's great. <laughs> you're just you're hanging out with your buddies. You're shooting the shit. You're going on adventures. Well, we you have, know, uh, you're laughing. You're in suspense. <laughs> It's an emotional roller coaster. I don't know about any of that. I don't think that's even <laughs> possible. So we have, uh, when I have a guest on, mm -hmm. I like to uh, end the episode with a thing I call five horrible questions. Okay, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited and scared. The uh, the rules of five horrible questions is you have to come up with a character. Okay. Uh, from the forest. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting I was getting ready. I was like, let me go get big purple. <laughs> so um you can you know, I'm not gonna force you to answer any they're really not that bad. The last couple ones are, you know, some people find uncomfortable, but you know, if you don't want to answer anything, you don't have to. Well that sounds cowardly. So. Yeah. So Question one Kay. is uh, if someone was to offer you $50 million I would do it. to never tell another <laughs> joke, personal or professionally, would you take it? For $50 million, yeah. All right. Yeah, you sorry. are literally the first comic that said <laughs> yeah, that. Sorry, you know Art. That? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the last guy, Tim Sullivan, was like, how would they uh, police that? As like somebody <laughs> walking around. I'm like, I don't know. The constructs of the idea, I guess you'd probably have to wear some kind of tracking I mean, device. <laughs> for $50 million, there's not a lot it wouldn't do. Yeah. I mean, for $50, I'd consider it strongly. <laughs> See, because I'm on that... That fence, but it's like, you know, when you break it down, you're like, 
like in every scenario when you're home with your kids and, yeah. and your family you can't ever be funny ever again you know eh, it's like 50 million you're just like you turn into jerry from that episode <laughs> right. like, what was a birthday on, we're all on a big rock headed towards the sun uh question two uh do your best famous person impression okay i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna do my ray romano you can do ray that's yeah. great let's see Robert, get out of the kitchen. Mom, they're tornadoes. Get out of here. Robert! <laughs> I'm surprised that you can't do anyth- anybody from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you can't do Gandalf the Wizard. <laughs> I just like any impression that's just yelling. <laughs> yeah. So. Robert! 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 Get out of the kitchen, guys. They're tornadoes. <laughs> Question three. Okay. Name a comedian you do not get along with Ooh. and why. Oh, oh, so many. I don't like anybody. Really? <laughs> no, I get You're along. Like I get Mark. along. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody I like straight clash with. Like, yeah. I mean. You never had any uh, rivalries on the road? Anybody that. No, because had arguments with, because really, like in the open mic scene, when everybody was kind of clicking yeah. together, I never like I would just go home after the open mic, yeah. you know. So, I really only had like, uh, like two, I think, mm-hmm. that I had uh, maybe three that I had like a serious problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa Lampanelli, oh yeah, fired me off of her show, and and I've gone over it ad nauseum on this podcast, but. Uh, um, Michael Loftus was another guy mm-hmm. that we cause the, the reason I had a big problem with the Michael Loftus one was we were working in Indianapolis together and I was opening for him and day one like we clicked as like mm-hmm. friends like we went to lunch and went to the Bob and Tom show together and just a real cool vibe between mm-hmm. us and I was actually excited to work with him that week so Wednesday we do the show, and he's selling DVDs, and I got my whole fucking circus t-shirts right. over flea there. markets. Yeah. <laughs> and I outsell them that night, mm. like two to one or something like that. So then Thursday, um, still getting along. I think we went out to lunch that day. Mm-hmm. We were talking comedy. Just lunch is on light. you yeah. since you're outselling, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Thursday, like, I demolish him selling, mm. like... Uh, I don't think he sold anything, and I sold like two or three hundred bucks. Wow! So we come in Friday, and first show he doesn't even sell anything. Wow! He doesn't even go out there, and then late show Friday he just leaves after a set. So I was like, that's kind of weird. So then I came in Saturday, and uh, I get told that I'm not going to be able to sell merchandise. Oh, what a dick! And his his thought process with it was, well, I let you have Friday, so I want Saturday. And I go, well, the shows are sold out tonight. It's like a better opportunity to sell stuff. And he's like, hey, we all got to make our money, you know. And that was how he left it. And then I wouldn't talk to him. And he, and it's, you know, he's trying to connect back with me. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you've shown your true character. Right. And you've cheated me out of several hundred yeah. dollars. I'm like, yeah. any person that uh, 
that tells anybody that they can't do anything on a comedy show mm. or just like this is awkward because i was going to ask you not to sell tonight oh that <laughs> seems crazy coming from the feature to the headliner <laughs> i mean there's a lot of times i wish they weren't selling but right. i'm not going to walk up to them and be like you cannot do this yeah it's just like, part of going through the day you know yeah i mean it, it was funny to me because you, when you sell your Denny's T-shirt, mm-hmm. you literally say the exact same line that I say when I sell my Creep Squad shirt. Oh yeah, the, uh, I say that once Best Buy finds out that I'm doing this. I yeah, I saw you a couple years ago and wrote it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> you fucking thief! Now we have a beef. Now we are at odds. <laughs> but it was just so funny to me because I'm like, A, he's got a shirt that's a lot like mine. Right. Cause but I noticed last night that like I feel like this these next four shows, if mm-hmm. people like the flapjacks and tits, like they're they're most likely gonna buy the Denny's one too. Right. Because they're on the same had, we wavelength. We have people buying both yeah, on it's Wednesday, like yeah. The same wavelength. Right. You're gonna get a a fl- uh, IHOP shirt, you're definitely going to get a Denny's shirt. Yeah. You know, it's like right down the line. Like I worked with, I used to do a joke about single moms and I worked with Adam Hunter and I was selling a shirt about single moms and he was selling a shirt about old ladies mm. and it was Smilf and Gilf. <laughs> And people were just buying both of them because yeah. it's all in the same Because they're drunk. They just want to spend <laughs> yeah. some money. I want a shirt with an old lady on it rubbing her tits. I'm Give like, me all your shirts. Where are you going to wear that? <laughs> Everywhere. Question four. All right. Now we're getting into the juicy stuff, right? What is the meanest thing you've ever done to a person on purpose? Trying to think, because most of the... Buying those pajama pants? Yep, the pajama pants are up there. (laughs) Um, Stealing a fellow comedian's merchandising idea? (laughs) That's up there. It's all stuff from like when I was a kid, so I'm trying to think of like adult stuff. Most of the answers are usually when they're younger. I was like super mean as a kid, but... (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's funny okay cuz you can't land on anything specific like the thing I always come back to as as literally like the meanest thing I've ever done to a person on purpose was right when like the dating sites came out mm-hmm. and I went on one of them and I met this girl on there and she she sent me a picture and then when I got there I realized that it was a fake picture mm. like the picture she looked like um you know athletic and whatever and i show up and and she's like 400 pounds with like glasses and stuff and uh and she worked at a bar or not a bar but like a restaurant and when i met her she went into the back and said you know wait here i'll be right back and i just left (laughs) and i knew that was gonna like really scar her but i'm just like i don't know what i thought at that moment I, i think my mentality was like I know this isn't going to work, so like mm-hmm. spending an entire afternoon with her might be worse than just walking away right. right now, but literally the meanest thing I've ever done to a person on purpose. I think the meanest thing I did, it's like prank related, so it's not super mean, but in terms <laughs> yeah. of like a prank that was just to the exact right person. Um, I used to do this college tour, and I was touring with these two other guys, and uh, one of the guys on the tour is this guy, Ryan, and Ryan was, um, I wouldn't quite... Yeah, I'll call him. He's a little repressed. He was okay. brought up very religious. Yeah. Very um, uncomfortable with the human body. Okay. Uh, I'll put it that way. That sort of thing. Um, Did you walk out naked on this guy? No, worse. So, oh, boy. <laughs> so he was also, um, 
you know, and he was just kind of an awkward, kind of a weird guy. He would yeah. have like his strange little hobbies. And one thing he was doing is he was um, collecting from gumball machines little football helmets. You know, it was like a little football helmet of the different teams. And for some reason, it just like really bothered me. So there was one that he liked the best. It was his favorite team or whatever. So when he was asleep, I took it and I put it on my penis and took a picture. And then I let him carry it all day, and then I showed him the picture, like, halfway through the day, after he'd been carrying it for a while. <laughs> and his reaction was? Um, everything we ever did to him was just kind of a stone-faced, like, just something inside is kind of going, click, but you could see, click, click, you could click, see click. something was happening inside. Dude, that is funny. Like, I I don't know if you know uh, uh, Chad Miller. The name's familiar. Yeah. And he uh, he he told, he, he remembered a different one later, but he mm-hmm. told one story on the podcast. But I guess, like, um, he, he had this, like, credit card terminal back before they had the swipers on the mm-hmm. phone. And, like, he was working with a buddy of his. And, uh, like, they separated to do different shows and then he kept texting him and saying like how are your sales going tonight and he's like why do you care so much he goes i'm just wondering like you swiping a lot of credit cards and he's like well yeah a couple or whatever and he goes good and he goes what's this all about and then he sent him a picture of the credit card terminal with his dick laying on top of it (laughs) (laughs) he goes have fun getting the smell of my dick off your fingertips and i was like son of a bitch that's penises are so great you've just got this prank appendage right there well that's like the thing that terrifies me the most is like something like that happening you know like i don't know if you saw the movie the gift do you see the movie no the not gift? yet so don't tell me anything oh, okay. i, I won't tell you the end of it but uh but now you can probably figure it out I'll figure but something it's, out. it's something like penis related it's, it's something like the credit card terminal <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> there's um there's also the mean thing that i wanted to do to you that i would have done yes. if i'd known you just a little bit better <laughs> yeah doing a nine-day uh, refined sugar cleanse. Yep. So I know... Even, like sprinkling powdered sugar in my open mouth as I sleep. Well, what I really want to do is just put sweets all over the house. Just, like, I had a long... This is like Willy Wonka in the chocolate yeah. factory. Like, like last night I was at the grocery store. Like, man, I could put a donut in each room. <laughs> I could put raisinets on the couch. You're the fucking worst. I could put a cake. so bad. I would have ate all of that. <laughs> I could put a cake in the kitchen. I am ready to stab a stranger for some fruit snacks. Man. Like, if, if the cleanse just went one more day... <laughs> yeah. Like then I would feel like I was comfortable yeah. enough with you to do it. <laughs> Sadly, tomorrow it is. Yep, tomorrow's cake day. Yeah, motherfucker. All right, fifth and final question. All right, here we go. Are How did I do so far? It? Am I doing yeah, all right? You're doing really good, man. Question five. Okay, the big one. Reveal something on the podcast you've never told your wife. Ooh. <laughs> um, let me think. <laughs> Like, I feel like most of this, I don't, like, we've been married nine years, so it's hard to think about, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the affairs, but I want to keep that kind of joking, so I don't want to make that. <laughs> keep them on some, the down low. Leave some ambiguity. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't want to say it. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think of anything interesting. There, like, yeah. anything that I wouldn't have told her would have just been, like, yeah. 
side nonsense. Some guys are like really serious about it. Mm-hmm. Like Andy Beningo talked about how he had this like weird scenario after a show where a girl just kept telling him like she wanted to give him a blowjob mm. and he kept refusing you know but she kept hounding him and he kept refusing and he it just felt weird mm-hmm. and when he went home he's like i never thought like that would be something i would say right when i got home yeah I, I would tell that story like hey i refused a bunch of blowjobs yeah hero. you know you're and like then, a hero in that yeah. story and then Chad Miller's like, uh, I shit out a window once. Like, that's the thing he ever <laughs> told his wife. I was like, is she going to be terrified? I'm like, probably not. She'll just laugh. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Of like a real... Well, if you can't get it, I could give you the alternate What's the alternate? Five. Then I'll figure out what would be the... Alternate question five is, uh, uh, have you ever done anything illegal that would have gotten you prison time that you got away with all the illegal stuff i've done like i mean i guess pot i guess pot yeah pretend, but i'm white so i don't yeah. know if they would really care i guess like low level shoplifting i'll come up with a third alternate all right let's keep going until we get hand. something good i'm have a very ever, i've lived too boring a life so it's have you ever to, intentionally sabotaged a headliner on stage I'd really like to and I'm getting ideas <laughs> like I, I think it just hadn't occurred to me but <laughs> oh man I've seen it so many times yeah like what kind of stuff does people do I want this to be my kind of my thing now well like uh I think the biggest thing is going long mm. like in causing a problem right know? and that shit only flies like on one-nighters or something you know going extremely long and then mm-hmm. there's nothing you know it's like some company that doesn't really check in or whatever right. they just do like 50 minutes in the feature spot and there's like no repercussions like mm. they just did it there's nothing right now you what? can't erase the extra 20 minutes yeah like, you still have to go do your hour and now it's like a whole different vibe in the room you know yeah something like that or a lot of the stuff i've seen and it's really weird is like uh, I'll do gigs sometimes where it's like the first day of the week, you know, I'll do a certain set. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, like the feature act, we'll do like a handful of jokes they didn't do the night before that all like crossover stuff uh, that I'm doing. Because we and have I'm some like, crossover that, stuff. So you yeah, saw me the first night. Bit, yeah. Right? <laughs> but I was like, every t- anytime that happens, I'm like, is that intentional or are they just doing a different set? And then you never see that Wednesday set again. It's right. always the Thursday set for the rest of the weekend with all the jokes. That, I bet it's intentional. I yeah. bet they watch and they think like, I bet it rem- first they're reminded of their joke. Yeah. They go, Oh, I got such a good laugh for him. I've got my joke. That's similar. I could get a big laugh. Yeah. And they just like too many comics. Like I had, um, I had like the worst fucking thing happen with an MC that I'll tell you too. Like, but it's, that's that general thing of, like, they don't think about the show as a whole. They yeah, just think about their set. For but sure. I don't want to brag, but I was headlining uh, two weeks ago. No, now but, you're um, emceeing. <laughs> the, uh, after the MC brought me up, this is, a, now this is a very small room, I'm going to yeah. say. You know, it's about 30 people, and that was enough for the room yeah. to feel full. But after she brings me up, she starts going table to table, handing out business cards and like glad handing people oh my and God, it's during dude. like my opening bit and it's a small enough room that like 
everybody sees it. And I'm like, God, I was like furious, but I knew like she had a really good yeah. set and had brought maybe not quite a third, but she'd brought I a had good a amount feature of people. Act to go through the crowd selling his shirts right wow. when he got off stage. Are we allowed to do that? Like, no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get him before they see your shirts. He fucking he had like all the sizes draped on his arm and wow. he was just going table to table asking how much how many they'd like or whatever. <laughs> and I was like I give him credit because I have I don't have zero balls to do that after mm-hmm. a show cuz his thing would be he would go up to the table and he would ask him how many they'd like. Mm. Not if they wanted to buy it like right, it was already many? a foregone conclusion. <laughs> like how many would you like? What sizes, you know, and he would sell a shit ton, but I'm like, not during my fucking set, you know? Yeah. So did you call her out when she was doing I the had to do thing? it in like a very roundabout way cuz I knew like if I really went to town on her, the audience wouldn't understand yeah. why. So I just be like, "What are you? You're, you know, I was just, I just made like some side references to it, so yeah. that she got that I was annoyed, but no one else did, you know. But yeah. it sucked because I had to just bail on my opening For bit, sure. and then that is a couple callbacks later that I then couldn't yeah. do. And I think a couple of the annoying. other ones are because I'm, I'm not filthy, mm-hmm. but I'm not squeaky clean. Right, I'm kind of like in the middle, so. I see sometimes comics that'll, like the, the guy I worked with last week, I don't know if it was intentional. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a very nice guy, so I don't think it was, but it was just really weird because we did the Thursday show together and he did this one set and then I did my set and then early show Friday, he was way filthier. Oh, yeah? Like he was talking about eating assholes. Did and he like kind of have like a rough set Thursday? You think he was trying I to like... So. I think he did all... I mean, it was a small-ass crowd. It mm-hmm. was like 12 people. Um, and Friday, uh, it was bigger, but I'm just like... It, it seemed like a switch went off. But then again, that was his set the rest of the weekend. Mm. Was that really filthier set where he's huh. talking about eating ass and blowing himself and all this stuff? And I'm like, God, this is so filthy. So my thing is like, I'm inherently a suck up where I'm yeah. like, I want to be the perfect feature and then they'll bring me on other shows <laughs> and I'll work every that's weekend. A, that's a good way to be, man. Because yep. I got to tell you, those guys that. Uh, that don't think of the shows because i was that guy too mm-hmm. when i was a feature i'm like i'm sticking to my time yep i'm not gonna like i'm gonna set up their merch any, i'm yeah. gonna be as clean as yep. i you know every time feel like being because i'm just like i don't want to cause any problems because this is my job yeah like i want to be able and I, to come you know back. i get a fair amount of work being a pet feature so yeah, i like you know for sure man i think the last the last way like i've seen features sabotage the headliner is when they do like a shit ton of crowd rap yeah and get the crowd really talking like Mm -hmm. letting them know it's okay uh to say as much shit as they want Mm -hmm. you know where it's like they're not even doing material right like talking to every specific table and just getting them chatting and then like handing the show over like (laughs) now you fucking deal yeah didn't like thanks asshole yeah because that's not me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I barely do it. Sometimes yeah. I'll do it, but... I just I like to do just one or two minutes up front, just yeah. as a like, hey, but... I don't yeah. know. Any uh, things you'd like to plug, Jimmy? Um, websites, Twitters, Instagram? My website, I don't, I don't update my Twitter because I'm lazy, okay. but, <laughs> but I, I'm on Facebook a lot. If you like talking about Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons, those conversations are often M-E-R-R-I-T? happening m-e-r-r-i-t one r and two t's but one if you just go to go to jimmy the comic.com jimmy the comic and that's got a link to my facebook and stuff and okay 
Can ask so, me yeah. more questions about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, check him out. Check out his schedule. Go see him on the road. He's a very funny guy. Agreed. I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you being on the podcast and bringing those sideburns yeah. out of the see the God light bless of day. Him. Holy shit! <laughs> Was that on purpose? I I play a game where I see like how long I can grow them before my wife says something, and I think she's onto it. And now she's like, it's like a chicken thing. <laughs> We're like keep growing them. I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, and because she knows now, like it's bothering me a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> how long pretty, they are. pretty soon you're gonna just comb them back and right. clip them into your regular hair. But I'm trying to hold the line. <laughs> and if this does help, you do look like a hobbit. Thank so you. Does that help? It does actually. <laughs> Jimmy Merritt, everybody. Thanks. The Hobbit comedian. <laughs> I appreciate you being on the show, and uh, it was it was five feet away from where I was sleeping, yes. so it was an easy. It was a hard hard move. For it was you. easy to make it work. You can always get this on uh, Stitcher and iTunes and Podbean, and uh, check out largedrunkman.com. I just updated my tour dates, and a couple quick thanks to uh, my sponsors, um, leestees.com and kbremodelinginc.com. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And tune in next time when we talk about who knows. I got my 12-sided die, and I'm ready to roll with the wizard and my goblin crew. My friends are coming over to my mom's basement, bringing Funyuns and the Mountain Dew. I got a big broad sword made out of cardboard, and that stereo's a pumpkin zeppelin. It's that time of the night, we turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's DMT. Fight with the legends of yore. It's DMT. Kissed a lady before. Nope. I did it. Come on. Gonna bring the thunder? Bring the fucking Come thunder. On, bring the thunder. Come on, let's go. Oh, that's nice. Why don't you bring some thunder, motherfucker? Bring some thunder. Now the Lord of the Rings, the dark crystal of things. We use these as a reference tool. And when we put on our cloaks and tell warlock jokes, we're the coolest kids at the school. No, we're not. I know. Now Tyke's a real bastard, but a fair dungeon master. He's got hit points and charisma to lend. And I rehearse in my room, or what I call the dragon's tomb. When I'm not out with my girlfriend, it's D&D. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold on. What? I'm sorry. Hold on. I, I'm sorry, everybody. Hold on. Give me one second. What? Dude, come on. <laughs> Seriously. What? <laughs> you, got, you got a fucking girlfriend? Dungeon Master. <laughs> it's kind of a dick thing to say. It's DND. Summoning the demons of hell. It's DND. When our ship ends at the Taco Bell Gordita. Chalupa. Well, my medieval brother, there's room here for another.
you care to take a roll of the die? You guys make me weep. You think that you can keep up with a warrior as mighty as I? See, you're in mortal danger. I'm a first-class ranger who's half gargoyle and half elf. And if that doesn't scare you, maybe I should be wary of what lurks within my gaming shell. Next to my junior high annual lies my monster manual and my customized dungeon master screen. I've got treasures and traps on my graph paper maps next to my three-inch solid pewter figurines. So if you think you got the balls, bring on your dungeon master calls. I'll be protected by my robe of destruction. And I will leave you both in tears because I'm the dungeon master here. And you too are in need of some instruction. Warriors who terrify. It's DMT. Virgins till the day we Thank you, everybody.